Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good evening. Thank you for tuning in to the Gospel Light Radio Show. I'm your host this evening, Stevie R. Butler, from the state of North Carolina, with my co-host Glenn McMillian from the state of Texas, Courtney Carruthers from the state of Illinois, Steve Corder from the state of Illinois, Dr. Frank Washington from the state of Florida, Clay Phillips from the state of Georgia, Brian Christian Coleman from the state of New Jersey, and Robert Lee Johnson from the state of of Florida. Ladies and gentlemen, we are grateful that you are tuning into our radio broadcast this evening. This radio show is brought to you by loving and faithful members of the Churches of Christ, and we would ask you to take out your Bibles and study along with us. We have a very exciting show planned for your spiritual enlightenment and your edification. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air this evening, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508, or you can go to the Blog Talk Radio website and listen to the show live. I believe this show is on page two on that website. If you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com, or you can call Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ, and if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now, folks, get out your Bibles and stand along with us here on the Gospel Light Radio Show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Before we go into our program for this evening, I would ask that you would bow with me in a word of prayer that we may thank God for this opportunity. Our most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, the Father, our Lord, and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for allowing us to go through the various activities of the day. And placing it on our hearts that we are on this broadcast and we are prepared now to present a portion of your holy and divine word. Father, we pray that you will be with my co-host on the show this evening, Clay Phillips, as he breaks into our listeners the bread of life. And also my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, who will answer the questions that are on the hearts of so many. We pray that you will bless their families that support their efforts as well. They may continue to sow the seed of the kingdom. Father, we pray that you will bless our listeners who are tuning in via blog talk radio as well as through social media. We pray that they may listen well, that they make that their hearts may be pricked as they consider their eternal stance before you and their soul salvation. 
And it will cause them to ask the question, what must I do to be saved? Father, we thank you so much for sending your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, to die such a cruel death on Calvary's cross. We recognize that without such a sacrifice, we would not have a hope of eternal life. Father, even now, we ask you to forgive us for the transgressions of our own heart. We know our flesh is weak, and we often fall short of thy will. Father, we pray to continue to bless us and keep us in love us all the days of our lives. And if we have been faithful unto death, while we pray to save us, for it's in Christ's name we do ask it all. Amen. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the broadcast. Our speakers for this evening in the first segment, my co-host Clay Phillips. He serves as the evangelist for the Rose City Church of Christ there in Thomasville, Georgia. He'll be making his proclamation of the gospel of Christ. And in the second segment, I have a question in my, from my shouted out platform on social media. And my co-host, Dr. Frank Washington, he serves the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. He'll be answering our question in that segment. So open up your Bibles and open your minds and let's have a great show. After the break, the next one should be that of my co-host, Clay Phillips. Enjoy the show. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Good work. 
that gospel light Let it shine, let it shine You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Give your attention to the proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now my co-host Clay Phillips from the Rose City Church of Christ. Good evening. I am Brother Clay Lee Phillips, minister here at the Rose City Church of Christ, where everyone is somebody, and Jesus Christ is Lord. We are a Bible-believing church. We believe in speaking where the Bible speaks and being silent where the Bible is silent. We are a church bound for heaven. We're not guessing that we're going. We know that we're going. But Jesus said you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. We want to thank for the marvelous job you're doing in helping us get out the gospel through this radio broadcast, Block Talk Radio Show. And we want to thank him for the marvelous job you're doing. And all the ministers that participate in this uh, endeavor to preach God's word and teach God's word. Now, let us get into our lesson for this evening. Turn your Bible with me now to the first epistle of John. The first epistle of John. I want to commence reading at verse 8 and terminate at verse 10. I want to look at verse 8 through verse 10. And we find these words written. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. Thus is the reading of our scripture for today. I want to call your attention uh, to this message for advocate of our message today, the perils of self-denial, the perils of self-denial. The Bible teaches us that in Second Timothy chapter 3, that this know also that in the last day, perilous time shall come. So we're living in a time where there are perilous danger. The word perilous here simply means dangerous time. Just means dangerous time. Here, we look at the lesson here. Just means dangerous time. And here we find, if you will, 
in the text, the second Timothy chapter three says, This know also in the last days perilous times shall come. So dangerous time. We're living in some dangerous times. Then the apostle go on and tell Timothy, the young preacher, he says, For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous, boasters, pride, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, perilous times, without natural affection, truth breaker, false accusers, incontent, fears, despises of those that are good, perilous times, traitors, headed, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God. And the word high might mean they have lost their head. <laughs> In verse 5, it says, having a form of godliness, <clears throat> but denying the power thereof. From such, Paul told Timothy 9, you stay away from those boys, from such turn away. For this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive to the women, leading the sin. So he, he talked about the lady was seeing here. And so in the text, we notice that city women, lady was seeing, led away with divers lust, ever learning, not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses. In dangerous times, you remember Moses, God told Moses, go to. Pharaoh tells him to let my people go dangerous times. And so here we find that there are dangerous times. So when we look at the first epistle of John and the verses number 8 through 10, we notice the perilous of self-deception. There's nothing more dangerous. Listen to me. There are nothing more dangerous <laughs> to mankind to deceive himself. There's nothing more dangerous, there's nothing more perilous than self-deception. Here, John, the author of the first and second thirty epistle says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Now, in, in Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, tell you about uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and the verses is number 9, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan, with all power, and lying, and signs, and lying wonders, listen now to the self-deception. That is happening in our society today. It's, it's not surprising how things are happening in our society today. Because we live in a world now that everybody wants to see themselves and, and know. Listen to what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10 says, And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them that perish, while they perish, because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. 
Notice what it says in verse 11. And for this cause, God, listen now, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. Oh, my goodness. That they all might be damned. That they all might be damned who believe not the truth but have pleasure in unrighteousness. Come here, come here to me. The perils of self-deception is dangerous. This is what Jesus said will happen in the last days. This is what happened now. Turn your Bible to Matthew 23. Matthew 23. Look at the Bible now in Matthew 23, verse number one. Here we find self-deception everywhere. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, verse 1, Then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The, the scribes and the Pharisees, what do they do? They sit in Moses' seat. In other words, they are self-deceived. Here in Jesus is talking about a group of people that's supposed to be leaders, but they are self-deceived. What, what, how do you see? Because they sit in Moses' seat, not realizing that they sit in Moses' seat. Notice what I'm saying here. All therefore, whatsoever they did, you observe. And the sad thing about it is you observe everything they do. Whatever they tell you, you ain't question them. The Bible teaches us to challenge, to make sure, make our calling and election sure. It says, all therefore, whatsoever they did you observe, that observe do. But do not after their works, but they say and do not. Notice verse number four. For they bind heavy burdens, grieve to be born. And lay them upon men's shoulders, but they themselves will not remove them with one of their fingers. But all their works they do to be seen of men. They make broad the philosophies of enlarge the borders of their garments and love the most uppermost room in the feast and to be the chief seat in the synagogue. Greeting in the market, and to be called Rabbi, Rabbi, or Reb, or Reb. But be not ye called Rabbi, for one is your master, Jesus Christ, and all ye are brethren. All ye are brethren. And call no man your father upon the earth. That's my uh, spiritual father. That's my physical father. For one is your father, which is in heaven. Neither be ye called ye master, but one is your master, even Christ. But he that is great is greater amongst you shall be your servant, and whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. But woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, all of you that are self-deceived. Hypocrites, for he shut up the kingdom of heaven against men, and ye neither go in yourselves, 
Neither suffer ye anyone. That's just what it is. You're hindering people from entering the kingdom of God because of your self-deception. You hear me, Brian? Self-deception. Now, something seems to be claiming in the text in 1 John chapter 1, verse 8. It seems to be claiming in the text that they had no sin. I mean, this itself is amazing. Notice what it says in verse 8. In the exegetical study, it says, uh, if we say that we have no sin, or if we say that we have, uh, we are exempt from sin, the exegetical study here is talking about, listen, listen, others may claim that they have no sin. That you are deceiving yourself. Some sins we claim that, that we have no sin. You remember the story about uh, the nine sins. Turn the Bible to uh, John chapter, tell about John chapter 8. And the verse is number, everybody turn the Bible to John chapter 8 and verse number 3. Let me show you something. Here is a group of people that really believe that they had no sin. The Bible says in John chapter 8 and verse number 3, and the scribes and the Pharisees, here we go again, the scribes and the Pharisees. Amen? The scribes and the Pharisees. <laughs> the scribes and the Pharisees. So what it says, brought unto him, to my Christ, a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery. In the very act. Now they didn't consider that they had sinned. They didn't consider that they were sin in their own life. But they hear it bring a woman to Jesus. Verse 5 says, Now Moses in the law commands us, so they knew what the law said. And that's, that's, that's the danger. The purpose of self-deception is because you can quote Bible, no Bible, that certain we should stone. But what say ye? In other words, they knew Jesus was different. What say ye? That he was the interpreter of the law. What say ye? Verse 6 says, This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down. And with his finger wrote on the ground as though he hid or heard them not Jesus. Now he listen now. He walked out from the ground with his finger. Now now etymologically, the study etymologically takes us back to the beginning in Genesis. Who created man? Jesus wrote on the ground. Now we don't know what he wrote, but we do know he wrote on the ground. Now, when he wrote on the ground, it let us know that Jesus not only wrote on the ground, he is the one that created the ground. And not only did he create the ground, he created you from the earth. In Genesis, God created man from the dust of the earth. So Jesus said, listen, I know you. So when Jesus wrote his thing on the ground, he said, I know you. I, I. <laughs> I know y'all. I know who you are. Let me just write on the ground because 
because some of you don't see what I'm saying. And God said, let us make man in our own image. I know you. I've created you. Living right on the ground. And the Bible says, so when they continued asking him, they continued asking him. I mean, and Jesus right on the ground. In other words, y'all know I'm the creator. He lifted up himself and said unto them, okay, 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 you calm down. He that is without sin amongst you, let him first cast a stone at her. Oh! <laughs> I know it all because I made you. I created you. I am God. Flesh. So let me go to the ground where you came from. So let us go back where you came from. And verse 8 says, and again, he stooped down and rolled on the ground. I wish I could know it all, but none of us know. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, the oldest people, even unto the last or the least. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. Standing in the midst. <laughs> you remember in, in, in the Garden of Eden? Satan went to who? The woman. Satan went to the woman. In the Garden of Eden, in, in Genesis chapter 3, what did God say? Here is Jesus talking to the woman. <laughs> Again. Okay, there we go. Turn, turn, let's go back again. Chapter. All right, we, we have to be at this. Now, here's Jesus talking to the woman. Now, here is the vindication of Jesus in the, talking to the woman. Notice 9, verse, in chapter 3 of Genesis. It says, Now the servant was more suffering than any beast of the field. Now, here, remember that the Pharisees and Sadducees, they were considered here as. Uh, the servant. They, they were some devious people here. They were dangerous to themselves and to others. Why? Because they were self-deceived. And the Bible says, and the servant was more suffering than the people of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the God. You know the story. Woo! Let's go back to uh, chapter 8. And the Bible says, verse number 7, and when they continued asking him, he lifted up verse 7 and told them, listen, he never got sin, kept the first stone, and then the Bible says, he stood on the ground getting a rape. And then he heard it, and they were convicted of their own, and left in the oldest. And then in verse 10 says, when Jesus had lifted up his, himself and saw none but the woman, and said unto her, woman, where are thou accusers? What did, what did Cain, what did, I mean, what did Adam do? When God said, in the midst, in the midst, it says here, in the midst, and let me read it again. And when Jesus lifted himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are thou accusers? 
of thine accusers. Has no man condemned thee? She said, No man. Lord, Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. And you remember that verse of Anaya says, and it said the woman died in the midst. So when God came in the cooler of the day, in the midst of the day, and the Bible says it's different. And what, did, what did Adam do? Adam said, God said, I'm going to make it. God said, how do you know you make it? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> you deceive you, you yourself to think that I don't know. Self-deception started with Adam and Eve. Satan started his deception in heaven. He was Lucifer. So self-deception is a dangerous thing to deceive yourself. And the Bible says that, that he said, now, where are the accusers? You, what did Adam say? God said, everybody, who told you? The woman that gave it to me caused me to sin. And on and on. So here we find self-deception. So here, not only that, those who are blind. See, self-deception will blind you to the point where it, it will lead you in the mud, and you don't even know you're in the mud. Let me show you. In the book of Matthew chapter uh, 15, Matthew chapter 15, if I turn to Matthew chapter 15, verse number 7, Matthew 15, verse number 7, notice about Jesus. Jesus said, you hypocrite. Turn to the Pharisee. Pharisee. That's right. He said, you hypocrite. Where did Isaiah prophesy you? saying, this people draw now unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart are far from me. They are deceived. They are self-deceptive. No one says, but in vain they do worship me, teaching but doctrine and commandments of men. So here we find they are deceived, self-deception. So we find in like the first John chapter one, verse eight, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. We deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So what it means is the truth is not in us. What it's saying is Jesus, the truth should have been in us, but it's not in us. Why? Because we didn't hear or listen to Jesus. (laughs) Let me read it again. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. That means that the teaching that was taught by Jesus is not in us. That means you are the peril, the danger of being self-deceived is a dangerous thing. Abraham lied about Sarah was his sister. Wasn't half sister yet, but it was his wife. He was set to see. Peter lied, and Lord, I don't care what anybody else do, I would not deceive you. But he lied. Jesus was a man before the cock crowed. Three times he was in the Sure enough, he was self deceived. So we're living in a society that is self deceived. Notice now, Jesus taught that those who own up to their sins should, listen, 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 could be forgiven of their sins. If you confess your sins, let, let's see what it says now. Let's go to verse of Manasseh of 1 John chapter 1, verse of Manasseh. 
It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Woo! Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful? Now listen, the bottom line is Jesus taught his disciples. Jesus taught them that those who own up to their sins will be forgiven. Own up your sins. It, it, you know, in, in Luke chapter 15, Luke 15, let me show it Luke 15 and the verses number 1. The Bible says, draw near unto him all the publicans and the sinners and, and hear him. So they came to hear the truth. They came to hear Jesus. And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured. In other words, you should have been listening to Jesus. If you had been listening to the message that Jesus was given, you would not have been deceived. The Bible says, in verse number one, Lord would have said, Then draw near unto him all the publicans and the sinners for to hear him. Now, who, who came to hear? The publicans and the sinners. But look at those self-deceived individuals. Then the Bible says, verse two, and the Pharisees and the scribe Mormon. That's how people are today. Saying, this man received sinners and eat it with them. Really, really, fellows, the perils of self-deception, the danger of being self-deceived. Here be Pharisees and Sadducees murmuring. In verse number three says, and he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he has found it. Jesus said, now listen, fellas, you are deceiving yourself. There's something wrong with you guys. Why aren't you seeking out those that are lost? Verse number five, and when he had found it, he laid it upon his shoulder and rejoiced. And when he cometh home, he called together his friends, his neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say unto you, that likewise joy shall be found in heaven over one sinner that repented. More than the 99 just persons which need no repentance. What, what, what kind of people are you? What kind of person are you? So there's now at the confession. It says here, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's, let's, let's talk about it. Let, 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 let me show you something. Turn to Matthew chapter 10. Everybody now turn to Matthew chapter 10. And the verse is number 32. Matthew 10 and the verse is number 32. Oh, man. Thank God. The teaching of the word of God is here to help us. Matthew chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 32. Know what Jesus said now. Who's 
whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father which is in heaven. Wow, I love it. Which is in heaven, but whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father in heaven. Listen to the confession. Who should we confess? First of all, there are uh, four homiletics. Let's let's look at uh, six homiletics I got here for you. Roman number one, the question to ask, I want to ask you, who are we to confess? Let's read verse number 32 again. It tells us, it says, whosoever therefore shall confess who? Me. Jesus said, me. Who are we to confess? Christ. We ought to be confessing Christ. Then, not only we ought to confess Christ, it says, uh, before men. So, number one, who are we to confess? Christ. Number two, before whom are we are to confess? Christ. And number one, who shall stand and tell? I shall stand on my evidence and say, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God before men. Amen? Now notice now, turn to James chapter 5. Turn to the Bible, James chapter 5. And the verse is number 16. Turn to the Bible, James chapter 5, and the verse is number 16. And we find these words written. Confess. <laughs> Woo! Listen, listen, listen. Confess your faults one to another. And pray one for another, that ye may be healed. Okay. How are we to confess Christ to one another? The first Roman numeral is to whom we must confess is Christ. Number two is before whom we are to confess Christ to man. Now, how are we ought to confess Christ? How are we ought to confess Christ? It says, confess your faults one to another. And the other one says, and pray one for another that ye may be healed. The fervent, effectual prayer of the righteous abetted much. Woo! Then talk about Elijah. Give us an example of Elijah. It says, Elijah was a man subject. Notice not delivery off. This is encouraging. This is encouraging. Elijah was a man subject to like passion as we are. And he prayed earnestly that it might not rain. And it rained not on the earth for the space of three years and six months. He prayed. He trusted God. And and then verse 18 says, and he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth brought forth her fruit. Look at God working. So how are we to confess Christ? How are we? Come come here. Come here, y'all. Y'all let y'all listen. Come come, come to me. Listen, listen. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and the verse 25, Ephesians 4, 25. 
and you find these words written. Wherefore, putting away lying, <laughs> in other words, you know when you lie, put away lying, speak every man's truth with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. In other words, in the exegetical study here, he's talking about stop hurting one another with lies. Stop lying on one another. It says, be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon thy wrath. That means to be careful. Don't mean that you're afraid that day and the case that night. Sometimes like we take a week or two before you and your body straight yourself out. But what it's saying is, be careful. Don't continue. Don't get stupid. Don't get foolish. Then verse number 27 says, neither give place to the devil. That means don't give a, the devil a cup of what you drink. <laughs> That's why uh, my cup runs over. Verse 28 says, let him that stole steal no more. And then you'll be able to identify. So if you, if you are confessing Christ, so how do we confess Christ? If you are confessing Christ, there are two things you ought to be doing bullet-wise. Number one, verbally. You confess Christ verbally. That means that you stand and pray to Christ verbally and say, I need your help. Now, what Jesus said uh, to his apostles, he said, how should we pray? Our Father, which are in heaven, holy is thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily prayer. So we ought to verbally be confessing Christ. We ought to verbally be saying, listen. Father God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, I need you. Because in my own heart, I can deceive myself. And I don't want to do that. Not only verbally you ought to be uh, telling God, asking God for what you need, that you need him, you ought to trust him. Verbally, let the world know I trust God. Not only trust him, you must demonstrate love. For now, by the faith, hope, and love. These three, and the greatest of these are love. So here, we ought to, how we ought to confess? Verbally. In other words, we ought to be able to tell folks, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's why when you come to Christ, you have to say, I believe confession is a part of the salvation. Not only verbally, there must be a Passionate confession of Christ. There must be passionate. You, you must have passion. Uh, what do you mean by passion, brother? Passion is that I, I know I'm broke. I know I've sinned. Against heaven and earth, I'm broke when it comes to my salvation. But the price Jesus paid for is passionate. We ought to be passionate. We are broke. We need somebody to save us. God, I need you to save me. There's a difference between a lifeguard and a lion tamer. Sometimes you need a lifeguard. Sometimes you need a lion tamer. Shaq, right? Meshach and Abednego needed a lion tamer. <laughs> sometimes, but uh, Jonah needed lifeguard. Timber <laughs> 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 Now, not, 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 only, not only verbally, 
there. Uh, and, and on the passive there, the three bullets, one, understand that you're broke. You can't save yourself. Uh, then uh, a patient list. You'll have to be a patient toward other people. And then uh, bereavement, knowing that uh, even Jesus said, uh, Father, why have thou forsaken me? Why? Because God needed Jesus to pay for our sin. It is not, not only uh, verbally, uh, not only passively, but practically. We ought to serve God practically. What do you mean by that, Brother Phil? Uh, in other words, have enough common sense to come and worship. Let me show it. If I turn out in the book of Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 10. If I turn to Hebrews chapter 10. And let's begin reading that verse number 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. The Bible says, Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiness by the blood of Christ. You ought to have enough practical common sense to come to the sanctuary, come out of the world into the friendship of God. Because God here says in, in verse 19 of Hebrews, you remember going back to Moses at the Mount Sinai, it says, but a new and living way which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Notice that. And having a high priest over the house of God, <laughs> let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance Afraid, having our hearts sprinkled from any evil conscience, our bodies washed in pure water. Let us, let us bow, let us bow fast and profession and favor. Notice that not wavering. In verse 24 says, the same time, let us consider one another, provoking unto love and to good work. That's why we confess openly, passively, and practically. It is, that's why it says in verse 25, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as the man of some is, but exhorting one another as so much as more is their approaching. Now, know what it says in that, not forsaking the assembly. It didn't say, don't forsake the assembly. It said, not forsaking the assembly. In other words, I shouldn't have to make you come. There's something on the inside of you that will not deceive you to know that you need to come to worship. In verse 26, I got to stop. But if we sin willfully, after we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth what? No more sacrifice for sin. Uh-oh. Wow. The peril of self-deception is demonstrated in your love for God, in your passion for coming to worship. If you don't come to worship without someone making you, that the word provoke one other to love, it means that it's not so much to be careful about your sins, about who you are. Don't accuse others of sin that you know that you are. Have sin as well. We all look to Jesus Christ our Savior. That's why we come to worship. And so here we find the Bible clearly says here, 
Verse, verse, verse 7. But a certain fearful, look at this now, a certain fearful looking for a judgment, a fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversary. The Lord's wrath is coming upon us if we don't. The danger of self-deception is more intensified than ignoring your parents, more intensified than backbiting and truth breakers. The danger of self-deception is that you make, listen to this, that you make God a liar. What, what, what are you saying? I let me read it to you, then go back to First John. I got to be short. First John, chapter 1, and the verse number 10. No verse says, If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. What? And his word is not enough. You're worse than a liar. When you are self-deceived, you worse than a liar. Because a liar is trying to get out of trouble. It's self-deception know they lying and not trying to get out of trouble. They are totally deceived and believe that they are, now listen to this, that they are God. That they are their own God. And we call them atheists. An atheist is a person that is self-deceived. Now, what must I do to be saved? You become a Christian. You become a son of God. You must hear the gospel. The gospel is the death of burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You must believe the gospel. You must repent of the sin, confess Jesus Christ, and be baptized into the water of great baptism. And that will make you a new creature in Christ Jesus. May God bless you. Remember this. Keep it real.
You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Is your congregation in need of lending for a building or expansion project? As your partner and advocate, Diversified Financial Network will take the time to understand your unique situation and develop a financing solution that meets your specific needs. It's an exciting time for your congregation, and what you need is a company with expertise in church financing early in the process. Call us today at 1-866-513-6665 or visit us at www.diversifiedfinancegroup.com. Just a program reminder, Stevie B's New Production Presents. We're airing live shows here on Blog Talk Radio. The telephone number to the live show is 713-955-0508. And the website is www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash gospel light radio show. On Tuesday evening, each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. I'm hosting the live show, What a Work in the Lord Radio Show. And every second Tuesday of the month, we have a guest speaker from the Brotherhood of the Churches of Christ who will be making their proclamation of the gospel of Christ. Also, during this show, we have the Community Corner segment. That segment is designed for small business and entrepreneurs who have products and services for our community. I also have four co-hosts on that show. We did the evangelist for the Old Park Church of Christ there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Isa Mullen served for the Church of Christ there in Cary, North Carolina. And the third Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my co-host Shauna Otis, she serves with the Great Way Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has her team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry. And every fourth Tuesday of the month at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, my co-host Kelly Fletcher, she serves with the Livingstone Church of Christ there in Indianapolis, Indiana. She has the Kelly Fletcher Show. And then on Thursday evening each week from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 to 7 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, the Gospel Light Radio Show. I have eight co-hosts on that show who will be making proclamations of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And each week I have two co-hosts on the air as well. Also, I'll be taking a question from my social media platform on Facebook, and I'll be posting to one of my co-hosts on that live show. Then on Friday night from 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 8 to 10 p.m. Central Standard Time, I'll be hosting a live show, Stephen B's Acapella Gospel Music Blast. And there will be... Oh, on that show, I've also planned some of the world's greatest acapella gospel music artists, The Sweet Sounds of Voices. And we're also interviewing artists with producers, comedians, and we debut new music on the show all the time, and also featuring old music as well. And every third Friday of the month, I have my Top 20 Countdown show. And also have on-demand episodes of wherever you're getting your favorite podcasts from. Just go to the various musical platforms, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Apple iTunes, YouTube, just to name a few. And you can see all of these on-demand episodes. And we also have recorded version shows. These shows uh, were mostly for debuting new albums. And I did the live show over again here on Blog Talk Radio. But these shows can only be heard on iHeartRadio, on Deezer, and also on Amazon Music. We want to thank all of our sponsors who are sponsoring these radio shows. If you want to be a sponsor, just contact my sponsorship manager, Michelle Marco from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Just give her a call at 954-687-4705. The three E's of Stephen B's main production is the objective of this broadcast. We want to educate, want to edify, want to encourage you in a study of God's Word. And that will conclude my program announcements. You're listening to the Gospel Live radio show. The shout-out question is next. You're listening to the Gospel Light radio show. 
Shout it out question. Ladies and gentlemen, on this segment of the broadcast, I have a question that I've taken from my social media platform on Facebook, and I will be posing it to one of my co-hosts here, Dr. Frank Washington from the West Broward Church of Christ there in Plantation, Florida. Brother, how you doing this evening? Oh, doing good, Brother Stevie. It's been a minute since I last talked to you. Yeah, I've been on the road, man. <laughs> I know, man. You've been spreading the word, brother. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you, thank you. Now, the question that I have for you this evening is from an anonymous queries from the, well, I don't have a state here. But here's the question. It says, what do Christians mean when they say you just have to believe in Jesus in order to be saved? I like the guy's general philosophy, but I can't force myself to believe that everything in the gospel is true. Would that mean I'm hellbound? What say you to this question? Well, that's a great question, Stevie, and uh, we're going to try to do our best to give the best, you know, biblical answer that we possibly can in order for that individual, that anonymous queer, uh, to understand that belief in God is vitally important uh, for uh, one's salvation. But first of all, uh, one should believe in God. Simply put, to believe in God is just to uh, possess uh, what we call confidence in him and to believe in God includes an acknowledgement of uh, who he is, his existence, uh, but also true belief in God is even more than that. Uh, theism, which is a, another you know biblical scholarly uh, word for belief in one or belief in God uh, as a creator and ruler of all the universe, theism is a great place to start with this question uh, and answering this question, but it's not the goal uh, of the journey. Uh, so let's go through this journey and see where we can land. Now, to believe in God is necessary to having uh, religious faith. Uh, scripture says that believing in the true God is foundational uh, to a relationship with him. And Hebrews 11 and 6 says, everybody knows it, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him or comes to God must believe that he is or that he exists and that uh, he rewards those who earnestly seek him. So basically said to believe in God requires a belief that he actually exists. Now, there are many people around the world who believe in the supernatural world, which would include God or the small g God. But even if we exclude adherents uh, of pagan religions, there's still many people who believe in a single, in a personal God. Now, this is an important step, but simply believing that God exists is not enough. James chapter 2 19 says, uh, tells us that the demons believed in God. The demons believe in God's existence as well. So simple acknowledgement of God's existence does not one godly. So we want to make sure we get that point across. Uh, simply just saying that you believe in God is really not much good to you. But to believe in God should also involve a commitment and a change of life. Your life should change. If you believe in God, your life should change. We all believe facts about things that we do not change the way we live. In essence, let me say that again. We all believe in facts about things that do not change the life that we live. Now, most people believe the facts that they have been told about the necessity of having uh, a good or healthy diet. 
you know, exercise. Those things are good for you. Uh, but most of them don't change their lives on the basis of those facts. If a doctor says don't do this, but you do it anyway, well, what do you think that leaves you in, in terms of your belief? So your belief is really no better than the demons. So faith that does not result in action, as James one twenty six says, is a dead faith. So genuine belief in God is based on who he really is. The Bible's axiom that anyone who comes to God must believe that he exists, Hebrews 11 and 6, assumes that faith, that faith is based in the God of the Bible, not some other small G-O-D. Now, although a lot of people believe that God exists and want to serve him, the, the God they worship is one of their own designs. So people will often remake God in their own image, you know, picking and choosing the aspects of the true God they find agreeable. Uh, they can even uh, believe that he is love. They can believe, yes, God is love, which is a biblical concept, according to First John 4, 8. But they may then interpret that by their own definition of love. So God, for some, is a doting, you know, older guy who gives them good things and wants them to be happy. And members of various cults may be devoted to God, but not God as he has revealed himself in Scripture. So to believe in God of our own making is a worthless faith. If our, if our belief would conform to reality, we must believe in the G-O-D, the capital G-O-D, as he has revealed himself. The triune God who is omniscient, omnipotent, all-sufficient, faithful, gracious, loving, holy, and just. And so to truly believe in God as he has revealed himself, we must believe in his son, Jesus Christ who is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, Hebrews 1.3. Jesus is God in the flesh, and it is through him that God has shown himself to us in a way that we can all understand. Now, in the past, uh, Hebrews 11.1 and 1-2 says, In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. And Jesus even said, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Don't you believe that I am the Father? I am in the Father and the Father in me. The words I say to you, I do not speak in my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. John 14, 9 and 11. But what does it mean to believe in Jesus? Not just believe, but believe in Jesus. Many people speak about having faith in Jesus, as the question or query asks. But what exactly does it mean? The Bible uses the phrase faith in Jesus or belief in Jesus synonymously with belief in Jesus as our Savior. Now, Romans 3, 22 through 23 says that righteousness is given through belief or faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There's no difference between Jew and Gentile for all its sin and falls short of the glory of God. So when we place our faith, we believe in him, and God grants us his righteousness. Furthermore, to have faith in Jesus means to trust him simply, fully, 
and without reservation. On one occasion before Jesus healed two blind men in Matthew uh, chapter 9, he asked them, he said, do you believe that I'm able to do this? And they answered, yes, Lord. And he healed them according to their faith. So the men trusted the power and goodness of Jesus, uh, and they received their sight. So when a person has faith or belief, it means that he or she believes who Jesus is, God in human form, and trusts Jesus has done, died, and resurrected. This faith in the person and work of Christ is what saves, Romans 10 uh, and verse number 9. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Is my radio too loud or my volume too loud? Okay. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the key is belief. In response to God's love, anyone who places his or her faith in Jesus has the promise of eternal life. So without faith in Jesus, we remain in sin and cannot be accepted into God's presence, into his perfect heaven, which answers the last part of his question. With faith in Jesus, we are given access to the Father as God's own children, uh, according, to first, uh, according to John 1 uh, and verse number 2. Uh, to accentuate this point, a well-known preacher once made uh, the following illustration regarding belief. He says, uh, suppose you were walking along a path and you came to a bridge which crossed a deep, uh, a deep, you might look at it and believe that it would hold you. And you might even see other people walking across it so you know it would hold your weight. But so far, your belief in the bridge is only in your head. When do you really believe the bridge will hold you? You only really believe it when you are willing to commit your life to that bridge and actually walk across it. It's the same way with Jesus Christ. Yep, we can believe that God exists, but God wants us to come to know him personally. And he has bridged the gap between us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to remove the barrier of sin and death and become that bridge. And to believe in Christ is to commit our lives by faith to Christ, to trust him personally as our Lord and Savior. So to believe in Jesus, as we say, is to reject all other ways of salvation. We cannot trust Jesus and anything else. We must trust in Jesus alone. Salvation, according to Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. Salvation is exclusive, and Jesus is the only way. So I hope this report answers uh, that, that person's question. It was a great question. And we hope that you will study your Bible uh, and follow Jesus and stay uh, in God's grip. Thank you, Brother Stevie. May God bless you, and may he bless you uh, real good. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Lord, I want. 
listening to the gospel light radio show ladies and gentlemen thank you for tuning into this broadcast and we certainly appreciate those who've been following our radio show on blog talk radio as well as on social media facebook live i really want to thank my co-host clay Phillips for doing a fine job in this proclamation he's a, that's a preacher's preacher right now i just love hearing our brother play in his lessons he always does a good job and also another dr frank washington he always does a great job at answering 
these questions as well. I certainly appreciate the efforts. Ladies and gentlemen, we are just so thrilled to be able to bring you a weekly broadcast. This is our prayer that the lessons that were given on this radio show have been beneficial to your spiritual lives and your relationship with the Lord has been strengthened because you're not only tuning in this radio show, but you've given yourself over to a study of God's Word. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler. I want to say on behalf of all of my co-hosts here on the Gospel Light Radio Show, we really do appreciate your love and support for these radio programs. Good night, everybody. God bless you. You're listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show. Singing all night, and it's all day, all day. Oh, 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 oh,
Listening to the Gospel Light Radio Show.